The following podcast is to inspire you, inform you and support you on your journey to achieve happiness and well-being. I am not a psychologist or a doctor, so if you feel you need help with anything discussed in this show, please do seek professional medical advice. Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. I'm your host, Charlene Bala-Lucas. It's been two years since I launched this podcast on Capital FM, featuring 104 guests in 86 shows, talking about a raft of mental health and well-being topics. So many guests have shared their stories honestly and authentically, and we've heard from professionals in the mental health space too. It's been an amazing journey. And to mark this occasion, and as a thank you to my guests, and of course you, the listeners, I'm doing three special shows. No guests, just me and you. I share my life story, my fears and vulnerabilities, and my secrets to cultivating lasting happiness and resilience. So do stay with me for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music, and meditate together. In episode one, I shared my story with you, my vulnerabilities and my battles with depression and suicidal ideation. And then we began to explore the different techniques I used to cultivate happiness and resilience, starting with nourishing the body through sleep, eating well and exercising. Last week, I shared my dating escapades as I searched for meaningful human connection. Thank you to everyone who has reached out since then. And then I also talked about altruism and compassion. In this final episode, I want to talk about mindfulness and gratitude. And I've been mentioning mindfulness along the way. And of course, this show is about mindfulness, music and a lot more. So before I do that, I want to take you to a time when I was in hospital having been admitted with clinical depression. I was there for four weeks and Jeremy would come to visit me pretty much every evening. He would go to work in the city and then get the train back to where he had parked his car and then drive his car for about 45 minutes to come and see me and then drive back home, which was another 45 minutes. And he'd do that every evening. And one evening after a long day at work, he brought in an old cassette player that I'd asked him for. It had been sitting in my room, um, in my office and at home. And I asked him for it because I wanted to listen to some music because we were told music's a really good way to relax. Um, And yes, I'm showing my age here. It was a cassette player for you young millennials. You won't even know what a cassette player is. Um, After he had gone, I chose a tape at random from the selection he had brought with me and I I just played it and it was an invocation to the Hindu god Krishna. And as I heard the melodious sounds of the flute and the tabla, the tabla is um, an Indian percussion, it's an Indian drum, something inside me moved. I felt compelled to stand up and dance. It had been a very long time since I had last danced. The first uh, memory I have of dancing is... When I was three years old, I actually have photographs of me dancing at three and being on stage at three years old. My mom had always wanted to dance, but had never done so as a child. So she she put my sister and I into Indian dance classes. And so for me, dance was something that I did when I was happy, when I was sad. It brought me to equilibrium. And in fact, in what dance is, it's a form of mindful movement. But anyway, in hospital, I just heard this song and I felt compelled to dance. It had been a very long time since I had last danced and I wasn't exactly steady on my feet. I, my legs and arms shook from exhaustion and the medication I was on. So in hospital, they would give us antidepressants to get us going in the morning and to function. And then they would give us sleeping pills at night so that we would go to sleep. So I was on this cocktail of medicines and I was a bit like a zombie and so I wasn't that steady on my feet but I still persevered 
And I listened to the beautiful voice of the Kathak expert Pandit Birju Maharaj as he, as he sang this song. And I'll just tell you a couple of words that I remember, a couple of lines. He said, Ananda Ranga Sagaram Namami Krishna Nagaram Of the many colors, just like the ocean, I bow to him, to Krishna, the Noble One. And as I listened to the Sanskrit lyrics describing Krishna, his distinctive blue skin, his smiling face, the peacock feather in his hair, something just took over. I let the rhythm guide me, my body recalling choreography as if summoning it up from my depths of my being, choreography that I had learned when I was 14 or 15. I found that my hands and feet seemed to remember where to go, undirected by my mind huh? and entirely of their own accord. It was like my body just took over. Like It was like some long-forgotten part of my body and the gestures and movements were just perfectly imprinted in my body. It reminded me of just how much I love to dance. And as I moved, my body gently lifted and lilted to the music. And something deep, deep inside me stirred. It wasn't my finest performance, I have to say, not by a long shot. And yet, for the first time in ages, I felt alive. There was a glimmer of hope, and I felt like I could overcome this depression. And it's strange when I think about this, because I'm not religious, and I choose not to follow any organized religion, but the words and the music still to this day have a spiritual quality to them. And what I was doing was mindful movement, a, a form of mindfulness, focusing on just one thing at a time and going into a meditative zone. And when Jeremy died, I did exactly the same thing. I went back to dance and I would often do this particular routine because it just brought me a sense of calmness. I'm going to talk more about mindful movement, mindfulness after the break. But I do first want us to listen to this song. It's called Krishna Vandana by Pandit Birju Maharaj. Let's have a listen. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with your host Shalini Bala Lucas. Wasn't that a beautiful invocation? I, it always gives me goosebumps. I want to tell you about mindfulness because I've mentioned it over and over again. We've done meditations over the last few months, last couple of years actually. But the thing is mindfulness has been life changing for me. When I came out of hospital and recovered from depression, I began to practice mindfulness all the time. And in due course, I trained as a mindfulness teacher. That's how powerful I believed it to be. So what is mindfulness? I've kind of mentioned it in the past, but what is it? Mindfulness is living in the moment, present moment awareness. In fact, this very moment right now, as you're listening to me, And as I'm speaking to you, this is all we have. We don't know what the next year or the next month or the next day or even the next few seconds holds for us. And that's so ironic that this is the only moment that we have. And yet human beings tend to live with in the past or in the future. They live with regrets of the past or fears of the future. (laughs) The regrets of the past, something we can't do anything about, and fears of the future, a future we may not even have. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have and and look at the memories of the past and enjoy and, and revel in the good memories of the past and learn from the mistakes we made in the past, but we mustn't dwell in them. We mustn't regret the past. And I'm not saying we mustn't plan the future We absolutely must. We financially have to. There's a great excitement in planning for our future, for our successes, for what we're going to do, for our experiences. But we mustn't fear the future or even live in the future or even wish our present away so that we are in the future. We must live in the here and now. And as we plan the future, we do that with a sense of clarity if we do it in present moment awareness. It sounds so simple, but it's probably one of the hardest things to do to live in the present moment. So how do you do it? Well, you can basically I see mindfulness as a a brain training program. Now, it comes from Buddhism from 2500 years ago. But the way mindfulness is taught today and the way I teach it and talk about it is very secular. You can be of any religion or not and practice mindfulness. Like I said, I'm not in an organized religion, but I am spiritual. But I've taught mindfulness to people from all backgrounds and all religious backgrounds, because it's not about religion. It's about humans. It's about us as human beings. So you train your brain. Now your brain is the largest organ in your body, but you treat it like a muscle. And you know how you go to the gym and it takes you a certain amount of times to build up muscles. Like I, the, the kind of thought is that in eight weeks, you build a certain fis- fitness level. And if you stop exercising within two weeks, you're back down to zero. Same with mindfulness. It takes about eight weeks for your brain to physically change and be more mindful. And then you have to keep practicing that because otherwise the brain forgets. And you can do this in, in, in two ways, informal and formal practices. So the informal practice is like eating mindfully. Now, I wish I could see your faces as I say this, because let's be honest here. How many of you have opened a packet of crisps and started eating them and one by one, and you're probably watching TV or reading a book or even at your desk working, and then you put in your hand into the packet for another crisp and all you get is, well, nothing. Because you have mindlessly eaten all the crisps. Put your hand up just for yourselves to acknowledge that this is you. Or what about a glass of wine or, I mean, a bottle of wine? So I love that sound of opening. uh, Well, now you don't 
take the cork out, you unscrew it. But that sound of the glug, 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 as you pour the wine into the glass, I love that sound. And that first sip, oh, so wonderful. And then that whole glass tastes pretty good. And then you pour yourself a second glass. And hey, you drink that on autopilot and your third glass. And then you go to have a fourth glass and the bottle is empty. Mindless drinking. Where did it all go? I think the favorite one for me is chocolates, right? You open a box of chocolates, really nice ones. You've spent a bit of money on them. And you're sitting and watching Netflix and you start with one chocolate and second chocolate and and, and your chocolate's just by your side. You're not even looking at the chocolates. You're just watching Netflix, eating them one by one. And then you reach out for another chocolate and you get an empty box. You are eating on autopilot. So what we do is we actually just eat and drink mindfully to practice mindfulness and my partner now my partner that I talked about um, and I will tell you his name's Amar he now eats a piece of chocolate mindfully every night and he just has to have that one piece of dark chocolate every night and his cravings for chocolate are done and he can have that every night and not feel guilty and he eats it I mean it's it's quite interesting to watch it takes him about uh five seven ten minutes to eat a small piece of chocolate and I mean small because he really enjoys it and he eats it mindfully it's very interesting mindfulness mindfulness can also be engaged uh, practiced by engaging in an activity so I talked a lot about uh, before the break about dancing and you can do this with a lot of people go into a zone when they're running or practicing yoga or swimming or even walking in nature this is mindful movement. And so it's about practicing an activity mindfully. But you can also practice mindfulness formally with meditations, similar to the ones we do on every show. And they don't have to be long or complicated. Breathing mindfully and slowly and deeply for one minute or three minutes or five minutes can all be very beneficial. And what I teach is I will teach them with an anchor. So sometimes I teach a mantra meditation. That means we're just using a little affirmation to anchor your mind. Breathing should anchor your mind, but for some people that's quite hard. So we might count the breath. Or I might do a chakra meditation where we're unblocking the chakras as we did in episode one of this three-part series. And that also is anchoring your mind. So it's about using anchors to train your mind to be more present. Now, after my depression and then following Jeremy's death, mindfulness helped me to begin to live life again. When Jeremy died, the most fearful thing that could happen in my life did. He died. After that, nothing could be more fearful. And so mindfulness began, mindfulness and compassion and altruism and looking after my physical body all began to bring me to an equilibrium. And... I also realized I didn't want to live in fear because that living in fear, living in the future with fear was not serving me well. And that's what mindfulness reminded me. And so I decided to live life now with no regrets of the past and with no fears of the future. And I was going to live life fully. So what did I do? Well, I still live life fully, but I'll just tell you a few things I did to show you how fully I wanted to live life. I learned to ride a motorbike, something I wanted to do for years. I consolidated my business in the UK. I gave away three quarters of my staff, put the rest in storage and rented out my house and started to travel the world. I went to London for three months to experience the buzz and excitement of city life. I drove a tuk-tuk around the island of Sri Lanka so much fun and then I came to Kenya from the UK to spend time with family and friends and stay at my small cabin in Nuki in Nanuki which I had built in Jeremy's honor and where his ashes are buried and after my stay here which was just going to be uh, I think it was three months or four months I was planning to go back to the UK to start a three-month driving tour around Europe on my own with one month stopover in Tuscany uh, in Italy, 
where I had planned to work on a vineyard. And I, in my head, I was like, I am going to drink lots of Italian wine, meet some gorgeous Italian men, learn Italian, the language of love. I had it all planned. But there's that saying, isn't there? You plan and God loves. And that's exactly what happened because a huge curveball came my way. Actually, it came to all of us. And that was COVID-19 happened. And it meant that I found myself here in Kenya. And I, I, I was stuck. I quite literally could not leave the country. We were, every, every border was shut. Except this time, instead of feeling that I was not in control or that I was stuck, I accepted it as my destiny. When I had left UK to go traveling, all my plans had been fairly loose anyway. So I had said and accepted that I would go where the universe would take me. I was going to let the universe do its magic. And so I believe that the universe has brought me here to Kenya just at the right time. I have fallen head over heels in love again with Amr. Such a kind, funny, beautiful man. He makes me laugh, he challenges me, he supports me, and our love for each other nourishes and nurtures us. We make each other happy. He also understands that Jeremy will always be a part of my life. But I am moving forward with beautiful memories of my past, with the peace and excitement of the present and the future. And whilst here in Kenya, I'm using my expertise in mindfulness and mental health and well-being across a variety of media platforms to raise awareness and challenge stigma. I have spoken for TEDx, Engage Talks, been on KTN and written for Kenya Star, including feeling and being truly blessed to be able to bring this podcast to you every week. So let's go to our next song choice. Uh, but before we do, actually, I want to share a simple mindfulness exercise with you. I've done it before, but I think it'd be a good thing to do here as we've been talking so much about mindfulness. And I want to show you how simple it is. You can do this anywhere at any time. You could be standing in the supermarket uh, supermarket queue waiting for your shopping to be put through. Or you could be sitting at the traffic lights and you just keep your eyes open. But focus on a point and sit there or stand there for a moment. Roll your shoulders back. Allow your palms to rest by your side or if you're in the car holding the, the, the steering wheel. And just bring your attention to your breath. Breathing in through your nose and breathing out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. Deepen your breath. Slow your breath down, breathe in, and breathe out. Take another deep breath in, and release. Allow your heartbeat to slow down, your breath to deepen, your mind to clear. Breathe in, and release. And then gently coming back to your body, back to my voice. And that was one minute of mindfulness. Very powerful to reconnect and center yourself. The next song makes me happy. It's a hauntingly beautiful song with such a simple but powerful meaning. Originally sung, by, originally sung by the Kenyan singer Ayub Ogada, I, I really like the version by the Kenyan Boys Choir. And it's the song Kothbiro. Kothbiro means the rain is coming. So let's have a listen. And here's a thought. Why not try listening to it mindfully? No distractions, nothing else. Just you listening to this hauntingly beautiful song. Koth Biro. Ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. 
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with your host Shalini Bala Lucas. Before the song, I was describing all these amazing things that were happening in my life in the last few years after Jeremy's death, after I had gone through the grief and once I had decided to be happy again. And as I have had all these amazing life experiences, these life-changing experiences, I am always filled with an immense sense of gratitude. It's well documented that people who express gratitude for what they have and what they experience are happier people because gratitude is a form of mental exercise which primes the mind for positivity. I talk about this a lot in my books and also in my motivational speaking as, as well as with mindfulness coaching clients. It's one of the things I make all my coaching clients do. I ask them to practice 
gratitude. And, and there are loads of ways you can do this. A gratitude jar, a gratitude stone, a gratitude journal, which you can write before you go to sleep. You might do it once a day, a few times a week, weekly, whatever feels right for you. But practicing gratitude every day makes a huge difference. So, for example, my gratitude journal from last night reads, Amr bringing me, great, I'm grateful for Amr bringing me a cup of tea in bed this morning. I am grateful for a warming fire on this cold Nairobi night. I am grateful for a chance to put my feet up and read my book. And see, it doesn't have to be very big. It's just small things. This simple act of giving thanks makes you realize just how much you actually have, not how much you don't have or how much you've lost. Giving thanks for what we have and what we experience is something each and every one of us can do to cultivate happiness. And I think you'll be surprised where your gratitude comes from. You really will. Start writing it down. You will be surprised. Today, I instead of a quote, I want to actually share a Samburu proverb with you. And my sister who lives in Samburu, she's a wildlife conserva- conservationist. She runs the Project Iwasu Lions. She's been there for something like 20 odd years. She and I could not be more different. I was talking about mindful showers in, in last week's episode um, or an earlier episode. She um, She lived in a tent for goodness knows how many years and things are a bit better now. She does live in a in a more uh, stable structured structure now. Um, but she is more Samburu than she is Mwindi. And she, uh, when I said to her, I want to use this, this particular proverb, she said, you'll never pronounce it right. So, and it's only one line, but I'm going to try. Kiata Ngishon Larin. I hope I've said that right. Kiata Ngishon Larin. It's a Samburu proverb that means life consists of seasons I really believe this life is not one long season or one smooth journey rather it's a series of chopping and changing times both happy and sad both serene and tumultuous each of these seasons brings with it experiences good and bad and through these experiences of loss success and failure we learn the lessons we need to in this lifetime. And so as the seasons change, so do we. And if we can face these seasons with the resilience and strength of mind, body and spirit, then we have a much better chance of showing up when it's necessary, speaking our truth when we once thought we couldn't and standing in our power to live this one precious gift of life in the best possible way. Before we go to my next song choice, I want to leave you with this one thought that I hope will give you strength the next time you are knocked down by one of life's many challenges. Yes, life is hard, but it is also beautiful. I promise you this. You will fall, but you will rise again. You will fail but you will learn from that failure. You will cry, but you will laugh too. You will love and you will grow and you will live. Because this is life, full of challenges, but also truly beautiful. So Samburu has a very special place in my heart. And as I've said, my sister's lived there for nearly 20 years, I think it is, as a lion conservationist. And I think it's where Jeremy and I had some of our happiest holidays. The Samburu people are warm and kind and welcoming. And because of my sister, I feel like I have found family in the Samburu people. In fact, I think of the Jeremy Lucas Education Fund students, which I have talked about, as my children, sharing their trials and tribulations and victories too. So this song is by a Samburu musician, Lemati Lemar. Shaktaman is such a beautiful, haunting song. And it evokes a place and its people. And I thought I'd like to share that with you today. So here it is. Shaktaman. Have a listen. 
mindfulness music and more and I hope you enjoyed that song I love it so haunting every week we do a meditation and I've been able to do some longer ones over the last two episodes today I wanted to share a meditation I wrote about a year ago in which I took so many other meditations and created this one I call I call it my seven point meditation because it integrates seven meditations into it and just doing this one meditation every day, you won't need to do any other. It'll take us a while to do, but if you did it on your own, you could do it within um, about 10 minutes because you can just do it quite quickly in your own mind. But let me lead you through it and see how you, how you feel about it. So let's begin closing your eyes or lowering your gaze if you feel comfortable to do so. Just sitting with that for a moment as you roll your shoulders back and allow your palms to rest on your knees with the palms upwards, preparing to receive love, energy and peace. And bring your attention to your breath, breathing in and breathing out through your nose, honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. Breathing in and breathing out. The first point is awareness. Bring your awareness to your thoughts. What thoughts do you have at the moment? Allow them to float through your mind like clouds. Don't latch on to any thoughts. What emotions are you feeling at the moment? Happy, sad, fearful. Again, 
Don't try and change anything. Just allow the emotions to be. Don't suppress them. Don't express them. No need to change anything. Now scan your body from the top of your head to the tips of your toes and fingers. Where are you holding tension or pain or stress? Just being aware of any tingling, any tightness in your body. Again, no need to change anything. Just being aware. This is being aware of your thoughts, your emotions and how your body is reacting to them. We're not trying to change anything. And then bring your attention back to your breathing. Breathe in and breathe out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. As we go to point two, which is gratitude, put your right hand in the center of your chest and the left hand on top of that, over your heart chakra. Feel your heart beat. Feel the warmth under your palms. Now without overthinking it, in front of you appears a possession that you are grateful for. It could be big or small, important or frivolous. It doesn't matter. Send out feelings of gratitude to that possession. Now in front of you appears a person who is in your life that you are grateful for. Might be a friend, a sibling, parent, work colleague. Don't overthink it. Send feelings of gratitude to this person. Tell them thank you and tell them why you are grateful for them being in your life. And then allow them to fade away knowing that they are there for you. And then in front of you appears a mirror. In the mirror is your reflection. Look at yourself. What is it about you that you are grateful for? Is it an innate quality or a physical quality? Whatever it is, feel gratitude for yourself and give yourself gratitude. You are a unique, special being. Celebrate that. Now bring your awareness back to your breathing. Breathing in and breathing out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. As we go to point three, which is compassion. Keep your hands on your heart chakra. As we begin to send compassion and loving kindness to ourselves and the world, feel the energy and the warmth at the center of your chest where your heart chakra is and visualize this energy as an emerald green light. Visualize this light radiating through your body as you say these words to yourself. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be free from suffering. May I be happy. As you turn your palms outwards now, away from your body, and in front of you is a small globe, the whole earth is in front of you, and this green energy is surrounding the earth. And in this earth are all the beings, all the creatures, people you know, people you love, strangers, Allow the energy to flow from them as you say these words. May all beings have happiness. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be happy. Bring your attention back to your breath. Breathe in and breathe out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. As we bring it to point four, which is forgiveness, bring your hand, your right hand to the center of your chest, your left hand and above. Over your heart chakra, feel your heartbeat, feel the warmth under your palms. Forgiveness is a real heart opener. 
These four short phrases are simple but powerful. By repeating these four short sentences and asking for forgiveness, you open yourself up to all sorts of transformative healing energy. Keep that cycle of breath going. Breathe in and breathe out. Now imagine the person you need to give forgiveness to standing in front of you. Look at them and say these words to them. I forgive you. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. And again, I forgive you. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. Now bring your attention back to your breath. Breathe in and breathe out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. As we go to point five, which is protection. Place your hands back down on your knees. Palms facing upwards as you bring your awareness to your belly button. And go just behind it to the center of your stomach. Imagine a small white ball of light energy that begins to radiate slowly spreading through your body. This pearly white light is energizing and strengthening every fiber of your body, every cell within you. It travels outwards to the top of your head and the tips of your fingers and toes and then slowly begins to radiate outside of your body. And so now your whole being is a radiating ball of energy. Allow this energy to surround you, to create a protective bubble around you. Keep breathing. Keep focused on how this wonderful pearly white light is making you feel strong and energized and is allowing the creative juices to flow. Take a moment to settle into this safe space. Now allow the bubble to crystallize around you in a protective white shield and set the intention that you will only allow positive energy to flow out of you to achieve what you want to achieve today. And set the intention that you will not let any negative thoughts or energy penetrate the shield. They will bounce back to source. Know that this protective shield will stay with you for as long as you need it. Now bring your attention back to your breath. Breathe in and breathe out through your nose. Honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. Point six is connection. Take your awareness back to your belly button. And just behind this, in the center of your body, visualize a small golden speck of energy. Slowly, this speck grows upwards as a golden thread through the center of your body, getting longer and longer until it goes through the top of your head, connecting you to whatever higher power, whatever absolute you believe in. Feel connected, feel protected, feel guided. Sit with this for a moment, feeling connected by the golden thread, which will stay with you for the rest of the day. Bring your attention back to your breathing. Breathe in and breathe out through your nose, honoring every breath into your body and every breath out as you take your awareness back to the center of your body and see the golden speck begin to grow as a string cord downwards down through your body down through your root chakra at the base of your spine and from here it goes down down to the center of the earth silently say the words thank you mother earth for supporting me sustaining me and nourishing me Please bless me and allow me to ground myself to you. Feel grounded, feel rooted, feel centered. And then bring your attention back to your breathing. Breathe in and breathe out. 
through your nose, honoring every breath into your body and every breath out. Stay with this for a moment. And then when you feel ready, bring your awareness back to the room you're in, back to your body, back to my voice, and then gently open your eyes. If you're feeling over-energized or dizzy, please drink water, stamp your feet, shake your hands out. Remember, this is the seven-point meditation. You just do this once a day, 10 minutes every day. That's all you need to do to practice mindfulness. As you know, I always ask my guests what book, song and luxury item they would take if they were cast away to a desert island. This week, I would take the book The Heart, the Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama and Howard C. Cutler. Now, the Dalai Lama has written so much about happiness and compassion. Indeed, I started this three-part series with a quote by him asking us to question what the meaning of life is. And this is the first book I read of his. It really struck a a chord with me. In this book, he offers his practical wisdom and advice on how we can overcome everyday human problems and achieve lasting happiness. I may be known as many um, as the happiness lady because of my own happiness book. But this book by the Dalai Lama is well overdue another read. I read it a long time ago and I highly urge you to read it too. So it's the book, the third book I'll be taking with me on the desert island. The song I'm taking is called Makna from the film Drive. Makna means sweetheart in Hindi and it's what Amr and I call each other. And so this has become our song. So that's the song I'm taking. And then finally, the luxury item I would be taking would be journals and pens. Journaling. I believe, is one of the most powerful ways of dealing with anxiety and stress, as well as as a way to express happiness and gratitude too. Taking your thoughts and your emotions and putting them out on paper is, is, I, I can't explain it, but it's a really powerful way of processing them. Because don't forget, emotions are energy in motion, emotion. So putting that energy on paper can really help relieve so much angst and tension in the body. I have literally boxes full of journals and I've written about everything in them from happy times to sad times, fearful thoughts, exciting ideas. I couldn't imagine life without a journal. And who knows, I might even pen my next book while sitting on the desert island. So yeah, that's what I'm taking, journals and lots of colorful pens. I like writing and why do you write in black and blue when there is so much color out there? So as we come to the end of this three-part series, just a quick reminder that all three of my books are available at Textbook Center, at Surrit Center, and uh, definitely all on Raffle Books as well, which you can just order online. It's such a simple system. And then if you are not in Kenya, they are available on Amazon worldwide. The books are Always With You, Online Dating at 40, and Happiness Is It Simply a Mindset Shift. But also, please do follow me for more mental health tips, mindfulness meditations, and lots and lots more on my social media at JustJoom, J-U-S-T-J-H-O-O-M. And remember, as always, if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, please do seek professional help, whether that be a counselor or your doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on Bonga www.bonga.or.ke This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to Mindfulness Music and More. I choose every guest myself because I know that they will add value not just to the show but to my life and to yours too. I hope you have found this to be true. This podcast has been a true labor of love for me and to be able to raise awareness of mental health issues and challenge stigma here in Kenya so openly on such an amazing platform as Capital FM is a true blessing. I look forward to bringing you so many more wonderful guests over the coming months. But before I go, I want to leave you with these final thoughts. And you can read some of these in my books too. 
I know this to be true. Life is short and fragile. If a relationship is not nurturing you or it feels toxic, end it. If a job does not make you happy, look for something that does. If a situation is not right for you, change it. Don't wait for tomorrow because today is all we have. You must decide what the meaning of life is for you. And if it's simply to be happy as the Dalai Lama says it is, then it's up to you to create that happiness. It's up to you to embrace the grief of loss and failure that you will definitely experience in this lifetime and turn that vulnerability and pain into resilience and compassion to cultivate happiness. We have a choice and we owe it to ourselves to choose things that make us happy. We owe it to all those who've gone before us to live life fully, compassionately, and to make a difference. That difference doesn't have to be big. It can be small, but it's a difference. Go within and listen to your inner voice. Trust yourself and trust your instincts. Being happy is a decision we make, a brave one in the face of and as a response to all that life throws us every single moment. I wish you all the happiness you deserve. To play out the show, my Desert Island song choice for this week, Makna, dedicated to my sweetheart, Amar. I'm Shalini Bala-Lucas. I'm grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay happy, be mindful. पतंग मेरा हवा में होके मलंग जग की कोई रीत न जाने मैं तो बस तेरी हुई दीवानी मिला जो संग तेरा उड़ा पतंग मेरा हवा में होके मलंग चुराई घरवार जब से मिला है तू दिल को मिला सुकून तू ही रहा मेरी तू ही सफर है तेरी बाहों में अब मेरा घर है चैन न जाने दर्द न जाने दिल तो बस दिल को पहचाने मिला जो संग तेरा उड़ा पतंग मेरा हवा में होके मलंग छोड़ाई घर बार
पागल सा है प्यार मेरा मखना वे मखना मैं छोड़ा घर बार मेरा मखना